0: I want to have this like nice relationship and I want to have the horse trust me but like without this authority he can't trust me if I'm wishy-washy about like what I think I want him to do you know I have to find that and it isn't about like grabbing a hold of his face and being like I control you you know it's so much more about like I'm in control of myself and I have respect for myself and when I have that He respects me, too. You know, that's why I feel like horses are the best growth for our inner self and our inner world. You know, horses are just such an incredible piece to, like, show us who we are. Hey, guys, it's JJ from Team Tate Academy. Welcome to my podcast, Dressage Life, with me, JJ Tate. Like you, I've had my fair share of ups and downs, both with horses and in life in general. I've also been so fortunate to have spent most of my life learning from some of the best riders and trainers on the planet. I've also worked hard to learn to cope and balance the crazy highs and heartbreaking lows that come with having horses in our lives. I want this podcast to inspire you, teach you, and remind you that it's all normal, and we are all in this together. I'm so glad you're here. On this week's podcast, we do a little bit something different where I took a lecture I did at Daisy Lane Farm and we made it a podcast. So the concepts of taming, teaching, and training is something we use at Team Tate Academy every day. The whole concept of being able to first connect with your horse, get his attention, teach him some skills, and then build him to the Grand Prix. So I hope you guys enjoy it and make it a great day. Thank you guys all for coming. It's been the last two days, very full, very full. I think it's technically 2 a.m. Oh yeah, it's 2 a.m. because I did not change my watch yet. So still going strong because you know I love horses and who just can't like sit and talk about horses all day long. And of course um, Kelly and I always talk every year about like she's like you need to give give a lecture. And one of the things we talked about, which we're both really passionate about, is the whole idea of like training the horses with the idea of like strength and skill. Charles has been an incredible person in my life and it's really fun now to like know Charles's philosophy and have been with him you know as a student for over 33 years and now being in Europe with Michael Klemka it's like I see the theory in action like every day. And one of the things I really love about Michael that I for sure witnessed now, but really very much last year was like, we're just going to find a way. Like if the horse is not understanding something or not able to do something, it was always like we just find the way because like not finding the way is not the option, right? It's not like, well, what what do you do? You give up, you know? And so it was really fun to watch and watch now like Michael being able to do it in the flesh and watch it every day. And like, I've experienced it for many years, all of these theories, you know, that Charles always writes about. And in the academy, we always have a lecture, you know, once a month. And I always like bring my books. <laughs> and so, you know, it's so fun to like bring all the different books. Cause I know a lot of people don't really read so much anymore. And so like one of my goals through the academy is to like bring education that, like, I did not make up, you know, like, I am just the deliverer of the message, you know, of, like, what I've learned and what I witnessed and what I've read and read again and then probably one more time, you know, and then kind of apply it, you know, and, and help you guys with your horses through my teachings. And one of the things we always talk about is this concept of, like, skill and strength. You know, Charles always talks about, like, you build a horse you know, and I don't know why I always, I think of like, build a bear, which I've like never done in my life. But like this whole idea of like, you build a bear, you know, you can build a horse. And I know there's like an, an, more amazing books on it. One of them is like, the rider forms the horse. You know, that it's really our job to kind of create this um, sculpture and looking at the horse and kind of thinking about like, what could he become? Like, what is it? Like, what is and what could it be? You know, and so there, I always challenge my riders and my trainers and everyone who sits on the horse is the trainer. I always encourage them to think about like using their imagination of like, what could that horse become? You don't know where it's going to top out and you don't know what it's going to get through easier than you think, you know? And you don't know how big that horse's heart really is until you really get into the work. And you know, everyone's like, want to buy a 3-year-old and it's like, is it grand prix potential? And it's like, I don't know. Are you? Do you have grand prix potential? You know, because at the end of the day, a horse that wants to work hard can make up for a lot of things. And then an educated trainer, knowing the science of riding and how to apply when, what, how, why, Creates a program that you'll be amazed what you can build out of something that people pass over, you know So this whole idea, you know, we're talking about like Charles's concept of like strength and skill There's also a lecture in the Academy about it But it's always something good to like bring up again and again and again because I feel it also one of the things Charles has really given me through my life is this inspiration of that when you put the time in You might be amazed. I mean, we joked about this earlier of like how many times in a lesson with Charles have we been like, I've never done that. He's never done that before. And he was like, well, yeah, no better time than the present. See, he needs it for whatever reason. You might as well begin now. And like, we're always a little bit perfectionist and we kind of start dressage because we're like, it must be perfect, you know? And so there's also this piece of like. You know Brene Brown's like embrace the suck, you know, it's okay to not do it great in the beginning, you know And so that's a little bit this freedom Charles has always given me to be like Well begin begin now like I know he doesn't know how to half pass You're never gonna show that half pass that you do today You're never gonna show that in third level because third level is two years away But you won't get to third level if you don't start to do the half pass, you know And that's a hard concept because we're all waiting For it to be perfect to do the thing or go to the show or go to the clinic and at the end of the day like a clinic should be help you know and the and the you know and showing is a bit part of the whole process and so for me it like really liberated my like ceiling brain of like well this horse is only gonna do this because that's what i see right now you know and through that like strength and skill it's amazing what you can build And so that really got me thinking about like, okay, if I'm going to like build a lecture around this, what like, what is that, you know? And so then I cut it into three sections and it was about taming, teaching and training because what we talk about first, and it was a little bit inspired by my lecture next week in the academy about the half hole that there has to be like a connection first to the horse. And that doesn't just mean he's gotta be like rounded up over his top line and like connected to my bit. It's like, he's gotta be connected to me. And so Charles, even in his, like his own training skill, which is a little bit different than the training pyramid, he starts with that whole idea that the horse first has to give you his attention. And so the first thing is that the horse needs to be able to keep his attention on you. And we see that a lot of times when I teach clinics, you know, it's like horses are in a new place and people are getting things ready. Like it's exciting horse people and horses are walking past the door, you know, and so the horse is like, what? You know, like, oh my God, like what's happening? And so that's always like when we're at home it's like oh he's so good at home but you take him somewhere and it's a lot different. And so this first piece before we can ever teach them something skill wise before we can ever exercise anything to train them we have to first get their attention. And Charles would always say like you know you have to like tame tame the horse, you know and I always would laugh about like <laughs> like tame him because he's like wild. You know and then it's like yeah, well, actually, like, what, actually, it's, yeah, exactly, like, it's, they're, they're, they are wild animals, and every now and again, you know, you get a reminder of, like, they could actually kill you in a split second, right, like, the power that they have, and it's, like, what they let us do is so humbling and amazing that you're just, like, I love you, you know, but it is this idea of, like, he's on his own agenda in the beginning, right, like, he's, just trying to stay safe. We're the predator, he's the prey. He's like, I better scan my environment cuz I feel insecure. And so his head's up and he's looking around and he's just kind of making his own decisions which, you know, normally never ends up like a great idea. So there is this like taming idea. And that you need to become more interesting to him than his environment. You know, it's so easy, you know, and I I have a young horse, Freddie. you know, Freddie, who's, like, fantastic horse, who's a lot. Like, Freddie is just, like, extra, with a capital E. And he's going to be a great FEI horse one day, because I know one day he will focus on me as much as he is focusing on his environment. So this is exciting, that his capacity to pay attention to things is really high. It's just not on me yet. <laughs> it's getting better. It's getting even better. But... Like, with Freddie, it's been, like, I will actually say while I'm riding him, like, here, no, here, here, to, like, bring him back to me, right? Which is part of that connecting half-fault, which, of course, I'll lecture about that next week, but that connection of, like, I need you and your spirit or your attention span or whatever you want to call that, I need that to come back to my center, you know? And so while he is like looking at that or looking at that or, you know, it's like constantly being um, telling them what to do and not what not to do is also a really interesting concept, right? So it's not like don't spook, don't, you know, instead of like, hey, bend, hey, go a little more forward, you know, ask the right question that will get you the answer that you're looking for. And so not only do you need to be more interesting than his environment to him, you need to create that skill first on the ground, then the saddle that he is like looking at you or like connected to you or thinking about you more than what he is in his environment. Uh, and we say sometimes that takes being as soft as possible, but as strong as necessary, right? It, it It's about, um, and that's one of my favorite sayings. I first heard Isabel Wirth say it, who's like dressage God, you know, um, where it is this like, I want to have this like nice relationship and I want to have the horse trust me. But like without this authority, he can't trust me if I'm wishy-washy about like what I think I want him to do, you know? I have to find that. And it isn't about like grabbing a hold of his face and being like, I control you, you know? It's so much more about like, I'm in control of myself and I have respect for myself. And when I have that He respects me too. You know, that's why I feel like horses are the best growth for our inner self and our inner world. You know, horses are just such an incredible piece to like show us who we are. But that this idea that it's like it's not all butterflies and flowers all the time, like you will have to be clear and you will have to draw your line in the sand. But that is also finding that authority like in your seat. Which is why it's so important to develop a good seat, you know, which we talked about a lot. But you guys are all really on a good program. You guys have ridden with me like, you know, I didn't really shorten anyone's stirrups really today. You know, which is almost every clinic I go to, it's like, okay, two holes for you. You know, like, wow, how can you ride like that? Can you post, you know? Uh, but in places that aren't in the program, that you're ama- it's amazing. Like when I go to new places, it's like, wow, you got to shorten your stirrups because that authority of being like centered in oneself comes from that centered seat. Because if you aren't in a place of, like, I don't wanna say like commanding respect, but like this authoritative in charge of your own self, the horse is gonna feel lost underneath you. And they look for a leader. Horses stay alive by having a leader, a clear leader. And what's amazing about horses versus people is that horses will put you in your place and decide real quickly, like, I'll size you up. You should be beta and I'm alpha, you know? And so you have to, like, become the alpha. But it's also what's amazing is that, like, once they, if there's 10 horses in a field, someone has to be number 10. You know like that poor guy because you know, usually it's the gelding who's like mm, you know like that number 10 is still included in the group it is still accepted as part of the whole in people it's a little bit not that way right like if people, if this group over here decided they don't like you well you're out and we will not we will not look out and alert you when there's a lion in the bushes like you're we don't care about you like people are actually like quite like less inclusive. Yeah. And like, you know, keeping you in a safe space, you know, and like horses, their herd dynamic is really strong, but you have to become that leader of of the herd. And that again is being as soft as possible or as strong as necessary. We talk also about, of course, it first starts on the ground and then gets into the saddle of, we got to get first control of his feet and the height of his neck. Right. And that's part of like we need to be able to control the line of travel that we're on, the speed of which we travel on that path, and eventually the posture that we travel on that path. And so there there's like a whole nother lecture about like how to get the horse's attention. You know, that's what not that's not what this is about. We can go into that in a whole nother time. But I always like to feel even when I ride, like, can I move your feet and then, you know, the two questions I always ask are, are you waiting for me? And can I yield you sideways? Right? That's at first, like, are you connected to me and are you waiting for anything? Are you waiting for me to tell you to go forward? Are you running? Are you waiting for the request? You know, but then it's also this, can I yield you sideways? Is that ability to, you know, bend and yield, you know, that you would do on the ground with a horse, you know, in a rope halter or whatever. Because it's important to build this trust and respect. Because if you don't have the horse's attention and you don't have this relationship, it's going to be really hard to teach him skills to then be able to develop the strength. And we always talk about, too, about clarity is the kindness. So the boss mare is focused, clear, quick with her corrections, accepting, and she knows what she wants. And so it's interesting to think about, like, Am I that when I am handling my horse not only on the ground, but like also in the saddle like am I clear am I focused? You know, I think there's a really difficult thing in our society now that we're constantly on the phone scrolling Facebook Buying stuff on Amazon, you know, like you can do everything from your phone And so it's like are we focused like horses bring us back to our truth and like our center and our brains are, like, constantly going, like, choom, 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 you know? So when you think about, like, with the boss mare, she is clear, she is focused, and if she needs to make a correction, she's not... She just does not She's just like, boom, get out of my way. I'm going to drink the water first. And it's... And yet she's still very accepting, you know? It's like that horse number 10 is not banished off to go eat alone and die by the bears, you know, or whatever. It's like... No, that horse is still protected within the group. It just needs to understand you're number 10 and you come in last or drink last or eat last or whatever. And she's always very clear and she knows what she wants. And so I think that's always something interesting too to ask ourselves, like, I mean, I do it with my staff. I do it in my life. Like, am I being clear enough? Am I clear with what I want, you know? And so that's also part of just, you know, taming yourself, you know. There's a very good book about taming your dragons inside your head, and we joke about it in our barn, like in our group, that it's like anxious dragon is flying high today, you know, or, you know, insecure dragon is like mm, up, you know. And so you've got to, like, know yourself and get a handle how you can, like, tame your own dragons. Because there's a lot of them once you read the book. (laughs) It's like, oh, I have a lot more than I thought, you know. (laughs) So we must put the attention on ourselves, not only how am I riding, but where are my thoughts going? What am I truly thinking about? Horses have a way of like reading our mind, right? When you're like, oh, he's going to spook at that mailbox. And then he's like, that mailbox? Yeah. You know, and then he's going to do it. And so it's so amazing. Like whatever you think many times comes true. And it's like. Horses are just this amazing example of energy, right? And like where you're putting your energy is what's going to happen, you know? And horses are like, they just manifest it completely. And so I think, and we talked a little bit about, I think it was in your lesson, we were like, we need to bring her back to herself. And like for me, like through my meditation practice and like hearing Charles inside like when i listen to my chopra meditations and then i hear chopra inside my charles lectures i'm just like it's all the same you know and so we always talk about like training the horse but it's really about kind of training ourselves and bringing ourselves back to ourselves staying in the moment in the breath you know we talk about like how can i control that horse and you really can when you focus on the moment by your breath, you can really bring that horse to a less anxious place, a less nervous place, because they're also have these mirror neurons that they follow exactly like what we're doing, right? Like if your heart rate is up, and it's really funny because I've got a couple students who are super calm and I see the horse acting up and I'm like, "Are are are you nervous? You know, because you were like super cool, like in the, in the show, in the hallway at the show and she's like, just, like poker face and like calm. And I'm just like, okay, she looks like she's like feeling pretty good about today, even though we all know this is really important, you know, but she looks cool. Okay. I'm like, you do, you doing good. Like you're good. And she was like, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, okay. And then she gets on the horse is like doing all kinds of stuff. And I was like. Wow, you I had no idea you were like from the outside you could not tell she was nervous and the horse I could tell through the horse that she was completely nervous. And so it's amazing. Like we like we can't lie to our horses because they're like I know you scared you scared, you know, and so It's important to be able to like not only like when we talk about like taming our horses like it's about taming ourselves And being able to like reel yourself back into yourself. And (laughs) I mean, this is a whole nother lecture about like where you go in your brain as far as like your reptile brain, are you in your ego and are you in like your true self? And so I got to actually talk about that in a whole different lecture, but it's important to kind of know, like, am I coming from that place of pure love and light and endless Possibility and do I give my horse that you know because it's really yeah It's an exercise in taming our own brains and learning how to focus because again like today in today's world It's absolutely a challenge every day to like not be on your phone not check your emails not call everyone like we text someone We're like why don't you text me back right away? I it's like because I was busy, you know, and I remember I was riding at River Edge West I <laughs> had my phone on my belt and it like I, I don't know if it rang or a text message came through and my horse halted and I was like okay I'm like this has got to go you know it was like do you want to get that and I'm like no we're riding I'm like do I get that every time it rings and he's like yeah, you do. Yes, you do. yeah so now it's like Pablo dog like you ring the bell I salivated the the, the, the phone rang we halted because you're gonna get that right and I was like, okay. And from then on, I like put I do not ride with my phone. Like I check it during walk breaks because there's a lot going on in my life that I have to make sure I get to things. And right now the girls are six hours ahead. So now I'm like, I can't look at it at 6 p.m. because then it's midnight and they're all to sleep, you know. So I do have to check it, but I, I really make an effort not to ride with it because otherwise you're you're not there. And you think you're there, but you're not really there, you know. And then I I wrote down a couple of quotes. Menander says, he who conquers himself will conquer the world. You know, that's like ancient, you know, philosophy of like, we hear that all the time, all these quotes of like, ye who conquers himself can conquer the world, you know? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you're like, oh wait, no, actually that's true. (laughs) You know, because like, if I can control me, the taming of my horse becomes way easier because I'm not like ping-ponging all over the place. Um, And of course, Ray Hunt, I think Harmony with Horses, one of my favorite books, and I know it's like, oh, he's a natural horseman, oh my God, you know? For me, Ray Hunt is one of the most classical dressage trainers out there, and it's actually like great horsemanship is horsemanship, which should be correct dressage. So one of the quotes I wrote uh, from him was that he said, my goal with the horse is not to beat someone it 's to win within myself to do the best job I can do, and tomorrow I'll try to do better and I' just like it gives me the chills because i 'm like, yeah, like that is really all we 're working on is being aware of how am I showing up today, where am I at, really trying to connect with my horse with where he 's at and 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 did i was I able to control myself you know and it's so funny i I laugh about when I lived in Budapest when I lived in Europe 25 years ago and rode with Yuladalo she would always be like Jessica always the finger up Jessica it was really important Jessica and you always always would be like more control <laughs> and now I'm like I mean, I thought you meant of the horse you know and then of my body and now it's like oh wait it's even deeper than that right like what what am I really focusing on? If I want that half-pass, am I really in it completely? Or am I just only halfway in it? Or am I thinking about what my body should do? You know, it's got to get deeper than that. And that's where it all becomes like this incredible spiritual thing that we're like, you get that moment with that horse where it's pure harmony. And you're just like, you know, we call it like the clouds part and the sunbeam comes down and the angels hit the high sea and you're like, oh. And then you're like, and then it goes away. But then you're like, oh my God,
1: that was like the most amazing
0: thing I ever did in my whole life. The whole universe made sense. Like, ha. Huh. And then you spend the whole, your whole life and all your money. on going again for that. So that was like the first part of like, before we even get into teaching skills and building strength, it's like, are you truly connected to your horse? And like, are you in your, In your own truth because that's really the only place that can truly connect to the purity of the horse's energy too so then we move into the teaching part right so you know we all talk about like oh I remember Stefan actually told me he's like I would always be like well I just think she needs to get stronger and he was like no she just needs to do it better like you need to like make her do it, not not like make her do it better, but I was always like, oh, she needs to get stronger and like, she's not ready to do it yet. And he was like, no, you need to like, yes. Oh, that's all of us, right? No, I know. And it's like, oh, she's not stronger enough. And he was like, no, like she could actually just, you could just teach her to do it the right way, you know, and not be so waiting for it to be right, you know? And so there's this whole idea of, Skill building and then practicing the skill to build the strength and so I'm sure you guys have noticed in all my lessons where I we really like break things down. So the horse has an idea of I very rarely say like get up there. You know what I mean? I like to say to my horses like I need this to get up there like I want it to be specific so When we do have like, I'm not sure how to do it, or I don't, the horse is like, I don't think I can do it. And I'm like, no, 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 you can do it. Remember this process of learning to bend? I need your inside hind leg, I need your inside rib cage. That lifts your back and drops your neck. Now you're on the bit, look, you're bending. Now we could canter better, you know? So it's fun to like break it down, especially for the kind of horses in different breeds, That aren't necessarily like perfectly made to do the job. You know, I've ridden everything from fjords and pertrons and basket curlies and Arabians and, you know, like Connemara ponies. (laughs) And you're lucky if you get a horse that's like, wow, look at his shape. He's just like made to do it. Turns out those are hard too. Hi. And so it's important to be able to like break the skill down so the horse can. Understand how to do it and then you can like practice it. I think it's a lot of times really similar to when you're learning to dance, right? I know the human brain and the horse brain is very different, but like we're actually more intellectually advanced than the horse, but we have to learn the step, you know, tiny bit at a time we don't just like crank the music up and be like, okay, do, do this and now you repeat it. You know, it's like we do it without the music, it's in a group, you learn the first eight counts, and then you practice the eight counts until you then learn the second eight counts, you know, and then you repeat the first eight and add the second eight. And then only like weeks later do they start to put it to the music, right? And so I think in writing, we so often... Be like, well, he knows how to do this. We just need to like put it to the music and do it, and then like things happen, and then we like punish the horse because he's not doing it right. But like we didn't really like set it up in enough success, and so I always say like before we can practice something at speed, we must learn the fundamental steps or the fundamental purpose of the what, how, when, and understand why. And I said, think about this as a dance recital like, how long do you go to, like, your dance class to then you eventually, you know, when you were a kid, like, we all danced in our household, jazz and tap, (laughs) so there was always a recital, you know, that mom came the camcorder, because we didn't have iPhones back then, so, you know, it was, like, it wasn't a week later, it was, like, Three months later, or even longer than that, of like how long it took to learn this dance that you eventually put to music and performed. And so I think this whole idea of practicing or focusing on the process and not always on the destination is also super helpful. And the two people who needed to hear this most just left. <laughs> because it's all I heard during the ride was like, oh, all about showing you know and it's so like not about that you know it's like you gotta you gotta really love the process of it and you know you 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 end up right where you're supposed to end up whatever whether that is your you know thought you thought you were going to be like oh I thought I'd be like Grand Prix now or whatever and it's like oh, I thought he was gonna do third level or something and it's like it it ends up to be the right lesson at the right time in the right way so i wanted to use bending as an example you know like when i start i have a horse that has a canter issue right he's really tense he's motorcycling sometimes he picks up the wrong lead i already know okay i don't really have a canter problem i have a bending problem because canters only naturally bend gait. because i understand the science of riding break it down what's actually really happening I'm not going to beat that horse into canter and be like, what's wrong with you canter, you know, because that's just going to scare him, you know, so I need to break it down into the elements of like, why is this not being successful? What do I know about canter? I know canter is the only naturally bent gait. Okay, so I think I have more of a bending problem than I do a cantering problem because horses also when they get out of balance, that's a horrible feeling for a horse. Because Charles would always talk about, like, the one that falls down is the one that gets eaten first, you know? And so you're like, okay, so out of balance equals death. Okay, you know, but it's like horses getting worried. If they feel like what we're asking them takes their balance away and we're then, like, attacking them because they're just explaining, like, I don't really think I should counter because I'm totally out of balance and I'm going to, like, run and stiffen and, like, then, or I won't pick it up and then you're going to kick me for it and then you're attacking me and like, ah, you know. Then there's like double stresses, you know. I'm scared of can and I'm scared of you and like, ah. And it just goes down this like tension path, you know. And I've just gotten so many horses in my career uh, that that like that horse that's had that kind of history is now like 12 and it's like stuck in his body and he's got like PTSD from all of this. That they're like, can you teach him the flying changes? And I'm like, Yes, I will do my best, you know, so it's always much better to just start it correct in the first place and break it down So this whole idea of like hey, how do you bend from the ground? Like do you give the pressure in the rope halter? Can I move your feet? What's your rib cage? Where do you stick, you know, you'll find a lot of times Horses will like stiffen on like one shoulder and that's their like dominant shoulder. They don't cross the hind legs Going one way versus the other way and it's important to kind of just get to know the horse's body and Have a discussion in the way the horse can hear it Hey guys, did you know that I have an online training Academy? Well, I do and it's called Dun 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 team Tate Academy. Do you need to know how to ride a shoulder in better Does your horse get spooky or tight? Would you like a little more theory in bite-sized chunks? How about help with those flying changes or even just helping your horse learn to go on the bit a bit better? We already have over 170 videos on every subject from basic connection from the ground to Piaf and Passage and everything in between. And I do mean everything. The videos are about 12 minutes long and come with cheat sheets so you can download and keep it at the barn. It's easy to listen from your car, maybe even while you're tacking up your horse. All Academy members join the tack room chats, twice monthly Zoom meetings where you can ask questions and discuss with two of my coaches. And sometimes even I'm able to be there live. Apprentice level members receive monthly lectures with deep dives into theory, discussions with other experts, including horse and rider biomechanics, saddle fitting, long lining, mental health and more. You can check it out at teamtateacademy.com info. And now, back to the podcast. So a lot of times I like to start on the ground. There's a couple of really good videos in the academy with Denali, who was like, could not, could not bend to the right at all. It was like tying a rein to like that beam back there and being like, could you bet? And it's like, no. It, iron, you know? And now he's showing like fourth level, almost pre-St. George. And it's like, oh, look. I still giggle when I'm like, oh, he's half passing to the right. Oh, exactly. The tack room chat. Yep. About the Who they own. They own they? Got the owners in the house. Yeah, and so it's like, First, I want to do it in the rope halter and see, like, can the horse move his feet? You know, what does he naturally want to do in his body? How easy is that? Then I start to talk about the stuff that we talked about with Denali and Bo of, like, present the bit yield. You know, so I want the horse to, like, lift the back, get the hind leg under, raise the back, drop the neck. Then you start to do it, you know, once you get it, like, happening really easy from the ground, then I hop on and I do it. You know, and there was times with Denali. I would get. I've done it with Bo. I would get back in Florida. I would like get back off and be like, "You, you know this," because Bo would be like threatening to rear, and like Denali would just be like, "I'm not. I feel nothing." You know, Bo's like, "I feel everything," and Denali's like, "I feel nothing," and I'm like, "Okay, this is both hard." You know, it's like one's having a ta- having an attack, and one's like, "I feel nothing." You know, I'm like, mm, "Okay," I just hop off, patient. Ask again and it's just like you know this remember we did this you know this now I'm gonna hop back on you and remember you know this because they sometimes get into this like I can't I don't know you know and you're like no but you do know like just step by step remember what we did so that's why how I like to like put it from the ground the yields in the saddle turn on the forehand turns in the leg yield turns into the shoulder in and it's like and then You can piece it all together and then oh look it wasn't a canter problem it was a bending problem you know and you sort of you don't make it a bigger problem like with sherry's horse today with the bending i was like whoa like this is like it is not it's not happening and it was like i'm not gonna fight with you to like pick up canter and be like i'm gonna canter your horse because i'm so good it's like I just want to get on and feel like what's going on like he's you know like violently like that's not a r- root that is like a ah, you know and you're just like wow you know and you could easily make that much worse if you like you know like started to fight about it you know so it's like okay his skill that he is missing is yielding to pressure and giving through his whole left side and is all the way to the left drain because there is a giant block On his upper left neck you know um what is that about and then you start to peel those onions away as well and of course the foundation is the most important we cannot skip this and we cannot speed through it and then i put down like because no one skips grade school right it's like we don't let our kids skip. you know you can like go quicker through things but you can't skip over stuff another word i another sentence and, and quote i love is with every touch I teach. And that's one of my favorites because it just helps me remember, you know, God bless Walter Zettel. He would always be like, oh, 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 JJ, you could canter three horses with that aid. And I'm like, he's lazy. He's not gonna canter. So I like, I made him do it. And it was like, you know, he feels a fly. It's too much, it's too much, like do less. And now as I get older and more mature, I'm like, he can feel everything actually and that was like Katie's lesson with Theo you know it was like take your Marsh's lesson take your leg off like do do way less he can he can hear your thought you know and he can feel a fly so we need to become and i think i said this in, in one of the videos i'm like he can feel a fly so don't be a wasp <laughs> I was like somebody said like i love that and i'm like did i say that and then i watched it and i'm like i said that you i know. i definitely yeah, I definitely said that but like that whole idea of like with every touch I teach and then the idea of like am, What am I touching? You know Marsha was like girl You gotta stop spurring him because you're complaining. He doesn't respond to your leg But you're spurring him every single second. So he's can't he's like ah, la, 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 You know, and so that's hard. I know that's hard but that goes back to the first part of like you got to get control of yourself which is hard to be like, oh, and, and horses are calm, you know, and lazier in their energy levels. And those are the horses that do like get really dull behind the leg, but then we have to find the way to like fire them up. I think it's also really fun to think about when we talk about skill building, every line we ride is a gymnastic exercise. Every line I'm riding. And I think I, Katie, I might have said it to you with Theo because he's older, but it's also like, what am I putting my time into? So this whole idea of like every line I ride is a gymnastic exercise, right? Because again, like Charles always talks about, like there's no neutrality in riding. We're either building them up or we're breaking them down. Like we talked about in in your last ride today. It was like, we're either going with or we're kind of blocking them somewhere. And so we have to always think about, like, we are borrowing his legs, okay, because we climbed up there. So now he, we are in charge of, like, the health of his body and back and, you know, but also of his legs. And so it's so important that we need to think about, like, what we're asking this horse to do and how is he stacked up on all four of his feet? You know, not only do I need the horse like stacked up and balanced on all four feet, then I need to rock that weight back to the two hind feet and lighten up the front. But there is a big thing of like straightening that horse out and, and stacking it up so it can truly be exercising like in health right and so when we think about like every exercise i do am i helping or am i like making the horse more out of balance you know and that again like circles back again to like am i neutral in my body like i can't tell you how many times i have students where like th- like maybe this was happening and i was like what's going on with your right shoulder oh yeah well when i was in high school i had a volleyball accident and I, you know, hurt my shoulder, you know. And you're like, I, I see that, you know. And it's like 20 years ago, right? But it's all of us. Like we carry all this stuff in our body. Like this one time, you know, at band camp, I twisted my ankle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. <laughs> I couldn't help it. And so we've got to make sure, like, we are not like. Oh, my hip, you know, or my ankle, you know, because it's going to transfer like all into that horse. And then it's just like the chopping of the wood we talk about, right? It's just like every day. It's just the daily work. It's the showing up. It's the slogging through. It's the getting up early. It just like you have to keep showing up and, and doing the work. And I think it's interesting, I wrote in here because I read this really interesting book called Straight Line Leadership. Highly recommend. But we spend much too much time reacting to the problem instead of straight line work. We are not constantly plugging the holes in the boat and not, and not paddling where we want to be going. We, we, just, we just have to do it. I think it's so interesting too where we forget where we're going. Because there's a lot going on, right? And we gotta like, you know, poke that hole and 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 plug that hole and oop that hole. And then you know, and then it's like, I'm so busy doing that, I'm not pedaling where I want to be going anymore. You know, and that's where I always say, like, keep your eye on the prize. Like, where are you going? Where do you want to be going? I want to go to the Grand Prix. I want to be a great rider. What does that mean? I want to be patient. You know, like whatever you gotta like really dig in and be like, what is what does that mean for you? What does that mean? You know. Um, I want to be a great rider or I want my horse to be happy. That's my favorite. I just want him to be happy and it's like, okay Well, what does that mean? Out. Love me for grass. Exactly, you know, what's gonna make him most happy to be eating grass with his friends, you know um But you know, I my horses I but it's interesting like that's sometimes not true that they want to just be turned out You know, like my horse is leather like me. My pal is always like hi Ride me, you know, they they want it. They want to do it and so it's interesting to think about, like, how am I in my boat? Uh, and am, am I going in the direction I want to be going? I just started. The, will it make the boat go faster? Awesome book. Highly recommend that because that is also what we're talking about, right? And in our, in our lives and in our riding, it's easy to get, like, am I paddling where I want to be going? Not even faster, just at all, you know what I mean? Because we get so distracted by all the things of like, well, he's doing this and that's doing that. and He doesn't feel good here. And, blah, blah, blah. and then all of a sudden you're like over there and it's like, keep your eye on the prize, chopping the wood, but like also knowing what you're chopping the wood for a good concept. Also to always remember is a horse cannot collect until he is supple and straight. And so that goes into the skill building thing, right? Of like, when we talk about strength building, that is about engagement and collection. Skills are much more like bending and understanding the half halt. You know, that's one of the main reasons we do the rein back is to be like, I want horse this response when I half halt. I want to be able to put my rein back aids on you in the canter and I need you to shift your weight as if you were reining back But I still keep I'm I remain in the canter. So that's a little bit that thing of like am I? Teaching the skill and then is he is he able to do it? I think what's also something really important about when you're gonna prepare to do something with the horse I think it's really important that you prepare yourself and I think there always needs to be this like prep aid and then the aid, you know? So like EULA would always say like uh, when we were, so on, so all week we had like these lessons, individual lessons. And then on Saturdays we'd have this big giant group lesson. So there was like 12 of us in these group lessons and it was like a big giant dressage arena, maybe a little bit bigger than a regular dressage ring, but not that much bigger. And so there'd be like 12 of us in there. And it was kind of magical because, you know, all different levels, Grand Prix, training level, whatever. And he just would run us all through the same thing. But he would always say, prepare for a small circle, pause, small circle now. And so it was interesting that, like, as, and, and, like, you had to not go bigger than 10 because you had someone else on the other side. So you're actually at nine, you know, because you you had to, like, you know, you couldn't cross the line. Like, there's rules about how that goes. And then it would be, like, and prepare to halt and halt now. And so you can't teach a group lesson any other way. But what I realized from that, my horse has got so well-balanced and organized because of that prep aid that he would tell us prepare for this and now do it and like how often in our own aiding system are we just like do it oh canner, oh, oh, halt you know instead of like prepare to halt i'm going to prepare i'm preparing to ask you to halt are you ready do it now you know and so that's that interesting piece too of like the rider's skill building of how are my aids, like how are my prep aids and then how is the aid? You know, it isn't just this like the canter depart and like Eula was so, for the horses, like it was like, if you were in the trot, it was always like half halt, bend, ask. Every single time. All my horses know by the time you half halt and you bend, they're like, oh, we're gonna canter. You know, and so then they—it's like becomes the aid doesn't have to be big because the horse understands that prep. And I did have to add Xenophon, 2,400 years ago, said force will never produce anything beautiful, which is of course like Xenophon was the first person to you know 300 BC to write anything about write anything down about training horses, and it's amazing that like even then it was like. Let's not do it by force, you know, where who knows what kind of bits they had, (laughs) like, who knows what kind of horses they had, you know, 2400 years ago, it was still about like, let's make it beautiful, you know. And so I think this idea of teaching the horse the skills creates a much better, like, harmonious relationship because you're setting the horse up to be able to do what you want it to do. So then the third part is the training, right? And so that's like the strength building. That's a little bit where we talk about the horse's body starts to look different. The muscles start to come, his gait start to change. But without teaching skills and then practicing the skills, you never really get to that strength building part. And so this takes, of course, many years and many hours of deliberate training and so when we talk about like you know I read a lot of books about like you know the winner's mindset and like becoming a champion and like all that stuff and it's like deliberate practice is huge and so it isn't like I'm just gonna go ride today you know it's like I am gonna go ride I'm gonna work on this this is my skill set this is the skill I wanna work on with my horse and like we gotta go to practice, you know? Like we always go like, I'm going riding, but it's like, we're practicing, you know? And so, and like the best, I I use basketball because I was a basketball player. So it's like, it's all about the fundamentals. You know, it's about the skills of like the follow through and the technique of 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 your shot. We always worked on like having quick feet in defense, you know, dribbling drills, running drills, you know, all the drills that were skill building. And so it's it's interesting to think about like when I'm riding am I doing Deliberate training. What is my focus for today? How am I going to get that? What do I want to accomplish this week this day this month, you know, and of course whenever we make a plan We can't be like we're gonna do it or die, you know, it's like okay We can also like pivot and shift um, and maybe he's not gonna be able to do that flying change on Thursday in three weeks that's okay we but we have a plan to be like okay I need to cook this a little longer but then I need to like circle back around to that goal I think it's really important you know again about that skill building piece of like what Charles has really taught us it's so much about first learn the proper content and the technique and then you have to practice and so this proper content like we all have to a little bit be a tiny bit more scientific about what the hell does the shoulder in do? What is the point of that? What does a half pass help? Why would I do that? Why would I decide to do that today? Just because it's in third level one and I want to do third level. It's like, we've got to a little bit, go deeper than that. All of these exercises are, are made to build the horse up. And so it's important to kind of get a little bit more acquainted with the, with the whys, you know, and then the, how do I do it? And how should the horse do it? You know? And then I want to quick, I talked a lot about it the last two days, but again, like thinking about the science of riding, we have these three phases in the horse's life. And it really also lives in the daily work. It's like in the horse's 45 minutes And it's also in his like like 20 years long. So it's like small in his daily and then like long in his life. But these three phases, the first phase of training is the restorative phase. And that's when you restore the horse's balance with the rider on top. As well as you have to always make sure you keep the purity of the gates. And that's interesting because we talk a lot about that with the old oh, restorative must be a young horse like we had a young horse who's five but actually three and he you know Elizabeth did a super beautiful job about like helping guide him through his worry because part of it is like I'm so powerful I don't know what to do with myself and you're like okay oh, reel it back in here oh, you know we also had a Grand Prix horse that Didn't have a good enough canter. You know what? What do you want to do? I want to do the one-time tempies. okay Well, you guys saw me ride him around and like all I did was go forward like you need to like Speed up pick up the pace my friend uh, Sharpen up get a little more clear and so this restorative phase doesn't only like oh It's only when it's a young horse like you were gonna have to throughout the horse's life re rebuild that again and be like are we sure we're super balanced and we're purity of my gate. I mean, how many times have we seen funky walks at the Grand Prix, you know? It's like that's not pure, and so we always have to keep that in mind to be like, do I still have that purity of the gate? The second phase is the rehabilitation phase. This kind of goes on forever. <laughs> you know, because This is, and I feel like this is the big skill-building time. This is where we teach the horse how to move in his body, how to become ambidextrous, how to bend equally in both directions, how to weight load evenly in both hind legs. Is your rib cage bendable in both directions? Do you feel good in both my reins? Does my right canter match my left canter? Like, that is that rehabilitative state where we make that horse completely ambidextrous which of course never ends because even in the grand prix they're like hey why don't you do this canter zigzag right to me as the judge at sea and i'm gonna judge if he's truly like equally bending you know so that really like never ends the last phase and a third phase is the amplification of the gates and this is all charles's theories that were passed down from him from his teachers who came from his teachers and came from his teachers so i'm Always delighted to share. Uh, always the things that have been my like guiding light, you know, through training horses. So this amplification of the gates is where um, you a little bit like Eddie. Eddie's ride today was totally that, right? Where all of a sudden he cranked on the down that long side, and it was like now he's trotting. Wow, you know, because you've built the skill. You taught this skill and you built some strength and now you gotta see what what what's doing, what's doing, you know? Um, Susanna Van Dietz uh, was helping me in Florida and she's like, I'm really good. I don't cook at all, like in the kitchen, but I cook real good in the arena. And so I'm always like, oh, what, if, what happens if I add a little bit of this and a little bit of that? And ooh, ooh, look, he's trotting now, wow, you know? Or like, ooh, look, he stretches, that never happened before, you know? Whatever it is, I was like, I'm like, what, 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 if, I, what if I add a little of that, you know? Ooh, Cavaletti, ooh, now look at him trot, you know? And so we were laughing about like, so often we can also get caught, this is about paddling the boat, where are you going? And we can also get really caught in the process too much and never get like, okay, now, now why are you doing any of this? To make the horse move more beautifully with you up there, right? That's the whole point of dressage is to make the horse become more than he could be without your influence. And by doing that, he raises us up to something we could never be without them either. And so there's this incredible, like, symbiotic, beautiful relationship that has to happen. And through that amplification, or like the development of the gates, it's like Gideon is like a perfect example, right? Like you see that horse like trotting around and you're like, that's a cute pony, he's got a cute little nose, you know, and he's clearly connemara with his little dorsal stripe, you know? And then you're like, wait, what, what is that? And he's like, you know, trotting like a little freak. And you're like, how does that even live in there? You know, and it's like, gotta get cooking. You don't know what's in there, you know? That's why I'm so excited about Bo, you know? It's like, we don't know what's in there. And I had said that in a couple of the Academy videos, I'm like, I think this is going to be a really cool journey because, you know, it's like, oh, it's just Bo. And it's like you you wait because that's going to be something. Uh, And that's always really exciting when you when you know how to kind of like build that horse. We also have to understand in the strength building and the skill building piece that we have to tune the dials every day of the daily vocabulary. You know, we talked about that quite a bit the last two days of like, what the hell am I supposed to be doing for 45 minutes while I ride my horse, you know? And it's like, you want to build suppleness because suppleness equals strength. And so you want to be able to change the frame. You want to be able to change the stride. You want to be able to bend him and you want to be able to ride him straight. And the more bendable you make the horse, The straighter and more beautiful he's going to be able to go and so being able to always kind of coach that horse through the daily vocabulary and it's just really like a kid right like you start in kindergarten and you learn to you know write your name and read you know or whatever and you go through all the levels and all of a sudden like a grand prix horse has got like their PhD. Like there is a lot. There's like a lot of dials. So you guys felt that with Kiss, right? It's like, ooh, there's a lot. What, do, what happens if po- I do that? Ooh, look, it's happening, you know? Or like Theo is like, oh he's Piafing now. If I touch him in just the right spot, it's like, oh, it's cool. And it's this idea of really being able to build the vocabulary, but it's not a different vocab. It's still long and short strides. It's still long and short frame, it's still bending and straightness. It just happens to be training level test one or the Grand Prix. But over time and over years, and when you focus on, am I going in that direction? You know, And the direction, the only direction is Grand Prix. That doesn't mean the horse is a failure if he doesn't make Grand Prix. It just means for whatever reason, he topped out at second level test one. And that's okay. Some horses I've had that like, Oh my God, we showed it second level test two. It, that was that horse's Olympics. I mean, that was, exactly, that was like amazing for that horse because of all of these reasons why. I wish I could tell the judge, hey, look, that was not a 61. It's like 100%, you know, because we shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be here at all. So thanks a lot, you know, but it's like, and that's when you like, can't attach. You can't attach that to someone else. Because you know that journey with that horse and you've got to honor that horse's journey just as much as you The one that might go to the Olympics, you know And sometimes that horse getting the second level test two Was harder than the other horse getting to Grand Prix and we got to honor that for, for each horse and where they are and what they do um, And so I, I wanted to finish with all we really have to do is learn what to do how to do it, when we should do it, and how much we should do it and why. <laughs> so that's all. And that's why dressage takes three lifetimes. <laughs> exactly. One more time for the people in the back. <laughs> it, exactly, exactly. And it is, you know, it's so funny because we always hear like the funny story of like, oh, the the great dressage master was on his deathbed and he was like, I wish I just only learned to ride a little and you're like, yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, that's depressing, but it's also inspiring because like we never arrive and it's always this journey to like, I want to be better. And then just like, you know, Ray Hunt says, I want to do the best job I can. And tomorrow I want to try to do better, you know? And it's just so inspiring that like There's always this ability to communicate with the horse better, to build his body better, to understand his troubles, and then teach him some skills, and then practice those skills and build the strength. And then you don't even really know where the horse might end up on the end of the road. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. Bye. I hope you enjoyed my podcast, Dressage Life with JJ Tate. Don't forget to subscribe. And we would love it if you would share this with other dressage writers, and they can find us wherever they get their podcasts. Do you have a topic request, question, or some feedback? Please email us at teamtapedressage at gmail.com. Thanks for joining, and make it a great day.